When you work, you work next level. And when you play, you play next level. And when it's time to sleep, Sleep Number smart beds are designed to embrace your uniqueness, providing you with high-quality sleep every night. Sleep next level. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $15.99. Save $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. I'm Chris Cuomo. Welcome to Primetime. New evidence tonight suggesting Ukraine was concerned about being dragged into a U.S. election even before that infamous July phone call. That's bad for Trump. But this may be worse. Did you see this? What were these Republicans doing storming the castle? What do you say? Let's get after it. All right, we have new information. Here it is. CNN confirms that months before that notorious July phone call with Trump and Zelensky, Ukraine's president, Ukraine's president talked to Trump. And after that first call, Zelensky reportedly met with his team and discussed these concerns that they were being dragged into a U.S. election. So where is the transcript of that call? Because obviously they were aware The White House readout only says they spoke about working together to root out corruption. But now we know corruption was basically code for the Bidens and the DNC. So what would the GOP response be to this news? Here it is. This travesty mockery, a travesty of a sham of a mockery. Two dozen House Republicans storming the secure room where Pentagon official Laura Cooper was set to give a deposition to testify. The GOP lawmakers went through three different doors carrying electronics. Why do I say it that way? You're not supposed to carry electronics into a skiff, a secure room. They were shouting. They demanded to watch the classified deposition because they were being locked out. Oh, wait, no, they weren't. There was a handful of their Republican colleagues already inside, free to ask their own questions. So what was the move? What made this okay? Ohio Representative Bill Johnson is one of those Republicans who raided the skiff. Congressman, welcome to primetime. Good to be with you, Chris. Thanks. Sir, did you bring a phone in there? Uh, Chris, let me make something very, very clear. You know, uh, the Washington Post and I don't agree on very much very often, Mm -hmm. but I like their mast. On their mast, it says, democracy dies in In darkness. darkness. Yes. Yeah. Well, we headed down that hallway to demand to be able to do our job. Uh, That's what we were there for. There is no classified information being discussed in that room. It is a classified facility if classified information is being discussed, but there was no classified information being how do discussed you know? there. That's an assistant secretary to the Defense Department talking about how aid gets brought and effectuated. That person was not in the room at the time. And when we asked to get access to that room, it was simply to do the job that the American people have sent us here to do. We have every right to hear the testimony, to see the evidence, 
You know, a Republican speaker gave that, uh, that due process and fairness to President Clinton. A Democrat speaker gave that fairness and due process to Richard Nixon. All right, so let's set so the table. What do they a bit. have to hide? I got you. Chris? I got you. Why hide it? I understand the arguments. Just answer my question, please, uh, just so sure. I can have it for the record. Did you bring a phone in there? My phone was turned off, but uh, did you lots have it of on you? Had a phone? Yes, I had it on me. That's a violation. No, there was no classified. You don't set the rules there, Chris. No, the I'm house not. Does. Right, and yeah. the, it's a violation of house rules, not my rules. I don't care where you bring the phone. Oh, do you do you want to talk about how many house rules have been violated? Does that as make it okay for you to violate them? I'm just no, wondering, just from a consistency standpoint. We look. This is where was the outcry in the last session of Congress when Democrats did a sit-in and took control of the House floor. Was I don't remember there facility? being that. I, I don't remember there being that kind of an outcry. We had to do what we had to do because we were being denied access to the information. But how are you being denied access? There are Republicans in the room, and mm-hmm. you just made a uh, incorrect analogy from this process to those past. Correct me if I'm well, wrong, I, Congressman. I'm not, but in I'm Nixon, not sure what that incorrect uh, here analogy it is. was. With Nixon, you had a special prosecutor who looked mm-hmm. at a grand jury in private, then gave the case to Congress. You do not have that here. With Clinton, you had an independent counsel, Ken Starr, that did his investigating in private and then gave it to Congress. You do not have that here. Here, you have Congress doing the investigating. So no, Congress the- is not doing the investigating, Chris. Nancy Pelosi and Adam Schiff are okay, doing that, the investigating. That, that's your spin on it, but Congress is doing it. And they're doing it no, the way Congress the rules allow. It. You can't say that. Congress, no, you're not. They're not doing are it. Are there the way no the Republicans rules in that room, Congressman? There are Republicans in the room, Chris. Okay. But those same Republicans are being denied access to the information that you and I wait, are wait, talking wait, about. Wait, wait, wait. The ones they on too the committee have, have yes. access. They can no, ask they questions no, and they get equal time. No, 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 they do not. How so? Go ask some of those members. Go ask Jim Jordan. Go ask Devin Nunes. What are they being Go denied? Ask them. Go ask them if they have been given copies of the transcripts of testimony. Maybe they're not ready yet. And they're supposed to be supposed to be present at the deposition, and they're supposed to get transcripts when they're ready. Though the 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 information that is being collected in that room is supposed to be available to every member of the U.S. House of Representatives. There are four hundred and thirty-five of Do us. Do you know here. whether the transcripts have been made? That's what we're being told. By who? By, by, by the majority. We, by Adam Schiff. It's not, it's Those not transcripts so he has are in said there, right? The transcripts are done and I won't give them to you. Uh, no, I, I haven't talked to Adam Schiff myself ah, because so he won't speak to me. He won't speak to me. Look, when here, I walked in the room this the morning, he, he got up and walked Here's out. the point. One of the reasons that Trey Gowdy said these things work better in private, the way he conducted most of Benghazi, I don't remember you guys complaining about that. I don't remember you complaining in 2015 when you guys changed the rules to empower the majority with subpoena power to suppress the minority. Let's talk about the Benghazi hearing. Well, Let's talk about that you know, was a select committee. Mm-hmm. That was a select committee. It's not the same thing that's happening here. This is the select and committee. Impeachment, and impeachment. No, it's not. It is not a select no, committee. No, I mean, it's but this a, is the House Intel combination. But it's it usually does things in private. It's a combination, it's a combination of committees. I'll give you that. Right? Continue. It's a combination of committees, and there has been no vote by the House to pursue an impeachment inquiry. There's no need for one. 
There certainly is. Where? Read, read, read the Constitution, Chris. No, it's not it in the Constitution. It says the House. It is in the Constitution. It says the what House shall have a full chamber reading? vote to start an impeachment inquiry. It says the House yes. has the sole responsibility for impeachment, not the Speaker, not the Chairman of the Intel Committee. But it doesn't say committee. you have to full, have a full chamber House. vote to start an inquiry. That's the, what the House refers to, Chris. Well, that's, that's, what that's, the House that's your interpretation. To. Look, all I'm saying is this. They're doing the investigation right now. Once they get and, and Republicans are part of it, you're not running it. You're not in the majority, but you changed the rules that took away power from the minority. Now you got to deal with it. But once that's done, then if they want to bring articles of impeachment, everything about transparency that you're arguing for will happen. You'll get to bring in counter witnesses and you'll be cross-examining even more than you do in committees right now. You're just early and it makes it look like a distraction and a circus play. It is, it is a distraction. It is absolutely a circus what Adam Schiff and Speaker Pelosi Not are Not what doing. you guys did today? Rushing the into American- a skiff, violating the rules by having devices Nobody on rushed. It? Nobody rushed. We went to the door and we asked to have access to the information that we are entitled to to do our job. All right, so process aside, let me ask you, Congressman, because I appreciate sure. having you here and you're always welcome. You uh, the information now seems pretty clear I'm not saying it's impeachable. I'm not saying it's worthy of removal. Part of that is for you guys. Part of that is for the Senate. But it seems very clear on what we understand at this point in sworn testimony from these depositions that something wrong happened here. A president asked a foreign power to get involved in a U.S. election. Not saying it's worthy of removal. But are you open to that suggestion that what the president did by asking was wrong? I've only heard that you're reporting that. I've only heard that Adam Schiff has said that. I read the testimony. I, re- I mean, I read the transcript of the telephone uh, call between that one call. President yeah. Trump and, and President Zelensky. There was no quid pro quo. You don't there have to no, have a quid pro no, quo for it to be there an abuse no of power. There was no asking him to get involved in the election. There was none of that. And What's even investigating President the Zelensky, DNC and Biden? President Zelensky said that he felt no pressure and no quid pro quo. We have reporting right now that Zelensky met with his guys, Sondland. Reportedly. And and Taylor said, oh, well, these are sworn statements from Republicans, okay, who were put in place by Trump. For you guys to try to say now that they're suspicious, you know, uh, that seems a little bit of unfair, to be honest with you. Well, okay, let's talk about fairness. Let's put let's shed some light on this. Let's bring it out in the daylight so everybody can see it, because for two years, We heard from Adam Schiff that he had irrefutable evidence about the Russian collusion delusion, and there was no evidence. We heard from Adam Schiff that he had not met with the uh, uh, the whistleblower. You don't believe the president's own people? I don't believe anything that comes out of Adam Schiff's mouth. No, I do not. What about Taylor's mouth? What about Sondland's mouth? What about Volcker's mouth? What about the president's mouth? I haven't had access to that information. I could have a better interview with you, Chris. The president said on television... I want Ukraine to investigate the Bidens. He you, has a responsibility to investigate corruption. Do you he's know not investigating it? He's asking them to investigate it of a U.S. citizen. There was there was suspicions of corruption throughout the Ukraine, and we were about to give them financial Name aid. Name another case. The president case. of the United States Name another has case. a responsibility other than the to DNC investigate and the that Bidens. Corruption. Name me one other case they wanted looked at. Well, we knew there, were, there was corruption in, uh, in the high offices of the Ukraine. I, How come again, it was never I discussed? On, I don't sit on the intel committee. Oh. You'll have to go ask Adam Schiff but to give you that But they did talk about the Bidens and the DNC, and that doesn't bother you? 
Well, don't you think it's suspicious that, that the vice president's son, who has no background in energy, was given a contract in the Ukraine making $50,000 a month? I think it was arguably I, I unethical. That, let, me, let me put some yeah. meat on the bones for you. I think it was arguably unethical and wrong. And that's why I think Biden wants to change the rule if he's president again. What I don't like is that well, you why, can Why look, didn't he want to change the room when he, rules when he was vice president? Because he said then he was going to withhold fair, aid. Fair enough. He's but already admitted to that. If you're bothered that. by that and you don't include what this president's family is doing at the same time when one of them works for the United States government and goes to China and gets intellectual property deals done while meeting with the Chinese president on our behalf... I don't put a lot of weight behind your argument about the Bidens. I'm sorry, I, sir. I, I understand that, but, but we have to deal with facts, not with innuendos. That's a fact. And here's Ivanka what we Trump have Ivanka Trump got fact. patents at the same time that she was meeting with China within days. But, Congressman, I got to go. I'm out of time for this particular segment, but you are welcome back, and I encourage you to take the opportunity. I enjoy having you on the show. Democracy dies in darkness, Chris. And my show is all about light except for the suit. So please come back on, Congressman Bill Johnson. I appreciate it. All right. Now, look, we're going to lay this out. Um, You have to understand what the tactic is, what they're upset about and what the truth of the situation is. And we're going to do that in the show. But I mentioned something that I want to make sure we follow up on. When the president said, I could shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue and get away with it. We all took it as a joke, as a Trumpy exaggeration. His lawyers are arguing the same thing in court. Mr. Johnson wants to talk about democracy dying in darkness. His lawyers are saying you can't even investigate him. Facts first. Next. You have to listen to what the president's lawyers said to three judges today. Your position, as you said a moment ago, is that the immunity is absolute. Yeah, and so if, if, if the president were to commit a crime, no matter how heinous, whether he did it before he took office or whether he, took it, he did it after he took office, he could not be the subject of any even investigation? That's the position? Yes. Can't be charged. Can't even be investigated. So a president doesn't have to give you anything you ask for in that regard. Like, say, the Manhattan district attorney asking for Mr. Trump's taxes. And the argument, a president is above the law. Another federal judge already called this idea, quote, repugnant to the nation's governmental structure. And in their own lawsuit, Trump's lawyers concede, quote, no court has had to squarely consider the question. But in court today, his lawyers said, yes, the immunity would even cover murder. What's your view on on the, the Fifth Avenue example? Local authorities couldn't investigate. They couldn't do anything about it. I, I think once the, a president is uh, removed from office, the, any local authority, this is not a permanent immunity. Well, I'm talking about while in office. No. That's there, the hypo. There, I, I, Nothing could be done. That's your position. That is correct. This argument that you can't even look into whether a crime was committed by the president is so far beyond what we've ever even heard offered. There's simply no case law that's anything like it. So how do you even make this argument? Okay, there is a little bit of a background for what you can do with a president while in office. We have guidance memos. Two are by the OLC, the Office of Legal Counsel. One by then Solicitor General Robert Bork. And they say a president can't be indicted. 
Keep in mind, those were all written by lawyers working for presidents. There is one that says, yes, but that one was written by a lawyer for Ken Starr, who was investigating a president. You see what I'm getting at here? As for the Supreme Court, where this case is almost certainly headed, there's no clear answer. The Paula Jones case against President Clinton dealt with a civil suit. Nixon v. Fitzgerald dealt with whether the president could be liable as a result of an official action. And the U.S. v. uh, Nixon dealt with the question of executive privilege and impeachment. But look, you don't have to be a lawyer here. There are a couple of things to keep in mind. There was an underlying crime in this case with the Manhattan DA. Michael Cohen is serving time for it right now, rightly or wrongly. Tax records are regularly subpoenaed for this type of investigation. And by law, the DA can't release them. So finally, Trump did not sue to stop two other criminal investigations involving the president, Mueller, and the SDNY investigation of the Trump organization. It's just when it comes to his taxes that he is willing to fight this all the way. So here's another legal question. Does being a client of Rudy Giuliani give you a ticket out of trouble, even if you're not the president? That's being offered up as well. So look who I have. The best minds in the business to help us separate the light from the heat. Right after I take a break. It's tired standing up like that. This suit's very tight. Next. All right, new information, but not surprising. Sources tell CNN Rudy Giuliani is looking for a defense attorney uh, just a week after he said he wouldn't be shopping for a lawyer unless he felt that he needed one. He needs one. Meanwhile, two of his associates, Lev Parnas and Igor Fruman, were back in court today. And Parnas's lawyer raised a couple of unusual arguments, saying some evidence gathered in the case should be subject to attorney-client privilege or executive privilege. Why? What does this mean? Let's get a good take on the state of play from Andrew McCabe and Jim Baker. You even better looking in person. It's good to have you both. All right. So here is the first part of the argument here. Uh, And this comes from John Dowd. That'll be a name familiar to everybody here now representing these people in private practice. Parnas and Fruman assisted Mr. Giuliani in connection with his representation of President Trump. You know, that's just a pause right there. Can you believe guys like this had access to working with an American president? They've also been represented by Giuliani in connection with their personal and business affairs. Thus, certain information you seek could be protected uh, by attorney client, attorney work product and other privileges. Okay, so that is, um, Jim, that Rudy was their lawyer. So you got to be careful because you can't mess with that privilege. That's doable, right? right? Right. Yes, that makes sense. All right. So. So that's the the real interesting step here is other than that, okay, so Giuliani had a real arrangement with these guys. He had a real business arrangement. It wasn't, you know, just uh, figurative. Executive privilege. What argument is there for Parnas and Fruman getting executive privilege? They would have to be arguing if they were conducting the official business of the United States government on behalf of the president of the United States. That is what they would have to claim. The president's personal activities, you know, whether representing him uh, uh, as part of Giuliani's efforts to be his personal lawyer, that would not be covered by executive privilege. That might be attorney-client privilege, but not executive privilege. These guys are have, they appear to be claiming that they were doing the official business of the United States, which is consistent with some of the testimony we've heard about sort of this shadow diplomacy that was going on. So in a strange way, this sort of supports some of the stuff that we've been hearing coming out of, the, uh, mm. uh, out of Congress. 
Andrew, as we all have learned by now, executive privilege, that's got to be invoked by the White House. You can't claim it yourself. But the idea to the investigator's mind that these guys say, yeah, we were working for the president. We were helping him. It's it is uh, it's it's amazing. Um, so if you think back about the indictment that are, that these two are currently facing, that indictment doesn't touch upon any business of the president, doesn't refer to the president, doesn't refer to Rudy Giuliani in any way. So by throwing this theory out there, they are actually grabbing uh, Mr. Giuliani and the president and drawing them into, in some to some degree, the criminal allegations that are currently outstanding against them. So it's a remarkable strategy that could have negative impact on both the president and Mr. Giuliani. Mm. So now another discovery uh, today. We've seen moving goalposts uh, by the Republicans and you're not politicians, so there's no reason to debate what their duty is here or not. But first it was there's no quid pro quo. Uh, As you know, I I believe that's a red herring. This is a political prosecution. I don't think you're checking boxes. But even if you wanted one, it seems pretty clear. Uh, This idea that, well, Ukraine didn't know, Jim. So this idea you have of a pressure campaign, they had no idea. Now it comes out that after a first call, which they have not released the transcript of, they released the transcript of the second call between Trump and Zelensky. But after the first one, Zelensky met with his team reportedly and said, we're getting dragged into an American election here. I don't like this. Significance. It's immensely significant because they they were trying to get Uh, Ukraine to get involved in the American political process, and they were withholding the aid and withholding other benefits to them, and honestly making a hash out of the relationship between the United States and Ukraine. It was just, it was, it was improper at any number of different levels. Bill Johnson's uh, congressman's pushback, Andrew, is it's the president's job to root out corruption. Absolutely not the president's job to enforce the anti-corruption laws of another country. I mean, that's absolutely not his job. And that appears to be what he was soliciting in this case, right? He's telling uh, the president of Ukraine to initiate an investigation of American citizens for violating Ukrainian laws. That is just not how we work. If the president was that convinced that the Bidens were involved in some sort of criminal activity, the way to handle that is to make a referral to the Department of Justice, have the Department of Justice review it, and then if they thought there was something there, they'd ask the FBI to investigate it. And, you know, they haven't been able to offer up any suggestion yet of any other corruption they were asking Ukraine to look at other than the DNC and the Bidens. And you'd think, if your argument is, I want to help them. They're really corrupt. I don't want to give them money. We're going to waste it because they're just going to be corrupt with the money. Well, you'd think you'd be talking to them about what they do, not what your own citizens do. Uh, Lastly, it may seem penny-ante, but I think part of that stunt today, Jim, by the Republicans, Mm -hmm. I don't think they have a great argument about democracy dying in darkness. We've never had Congress being the investigative arm of an impeachment before, right? You had Starr and you had Jaworski before that. So they're conducting it as their rules go. You got Republicans in there. They run into the skiff today with phones. Now, I think some of them had phones because they wanted to record and put it on, you know, their social media. How big a deal? They say it's just a violation of House rules. It's not a big deal. No, it's a violation of security requirements as established by the director of national intelligence with respect to what can happen in a secure compartmented information facility or a skiff. Same thing as a sit down in the middle of the floor of Congress. No, that's false. That's just simply false. That's not correct. Uh, they, it's a skiff where you can have classified information, where you can have classified discussions, and the rules say you can't have electronic equipment in there, period, full stop. Uh, if there's a violation, it should be reported. She because- wasn't in there yet. 
was an empty skiff. It doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't matter who is physically present and or whether the door is shut. You're not supposed to have these type of devices in there. Phone was off, Period. Andrew. Yeah, well, you know, that, that doesn't matter either. The reason you don't allow electronic devices into a skiff is because electronic devices can easily be uh, co-opted by foreign intelligence services, whether they are turned on or off uh, and used as, as uh, recording devices or, or, or in other ways that undermine our ability to review and discuss and contain top secret materials. So there's very important reasons why we don't allow them into skiffs and, and taking them in there is by no matter who does it is a violation of the And you would, you should, normal people working in the government who did that will get written up and that would go in their security Absolutely file. Right. It's a violation. Yeah. Could, could affect your clearance, right? Exactly. Mm. Yeah. Let's see what happens. Andrew, Jim, it's great to have you in person. Thank you for helping the audience. It is value added every night. Thank you. Thanks. Both. Great yeah. to be here. All right. So Democrats are clearly not anywhere near done with this impeachment inquiry, but What happens if Republicans aren't done trying to literally stand in the way? We have one of the congresswomen who flipped a red district to blue. She's also a brilliant legal mind. What does she think about the state of play, about the transparency at play with the process and where this goes from here? Congresswoman, great to have you. Katie Porter next. So you just heard a Republican, Representative Bill Johnson, argue he had every right to storm that secure room today because the American people, his constituents, told him to do his job. And that's what he was doing with these other two dozen or so Republicans, a couple women in there also. Let's get the Democratic perspective from a brilliant legal mind, California Congresswoman Katie Porter. I only call you that because you beat me up every time I take the opposite point from you. But tonight may be different. Um, We know that the Republicans, obviously, uh, that was in a tactic. They shouldn't have done it. They shouldn't have had their devices. I think there could be some problems on that, but maybe not in this environment. But the bigger consideration, be more open, be more transparent. This is so serious. Don't close it off. Let everybody see everything. Why don't you accept that argument? Look, the president's, what we're trying to do here is investigate the president's conduct, and the particular conduct at issue involves national security. So when we were conducting impeachment investigations that had to do with other kinds of allegations, there was more transparency. The entire purpose of having it in a secure facility today was because the witness was a Pentagon official. We've had witnesses come in who were ambassadors, and they are addressing matters of national security. The most important thing the American people need to know is that both Republicans and Democrats, both sides of the aisle, who serve on these committees are present, able to listen, and able to do the work that the American people sent them Mm -hmm. to. This is not a one-party process. It's a two-party process, and both parties are there in those rooms doing that hard work, which was interrupted today, frankly, by just antics. The uh, Republican answer to that is, in the Constitution, it says impeachment's supposed to involve both sides, so you should have had a chamber vote Uh, to start the inquiry that would set the rules that were fair for both sides. I get that that's not in the Constitution. Uh, I get that there is no requirement. But what would be wrong with doing that? I think that the Constitution doesn't give us a really high-level detail. It doesn't give us a detailed roadmap about what to do with regard to impeachment. It says, you know, this is the standard, this is the process, but it doesn't tell us exactly do this, then do that, then proceed this way, then proceed that way. It really just gives us the basic framework, which is the House is to conduct the initial investigation and make a decision about whether or not there's enough evidence. And they say it's not just the House. They say it's Pelosi and Schiff. It's not the house. 
Well, I think that's very incorrect, and it's factually incorrect. And so just to be pointed about it, there are Republicans and Democrats who sit on the committees that are conducting the investigations. And in fact, today, when that group of Republican lawmakers entered the secured facility, broke the rules by taking in their devices, broke the rules by using those devices, many of those very lawmakers are on the committees and could have lawfully been there listening. And instead of listening to the witness, instead of trying to understand what she was saying and determine how that fed into whether or not there was a violation of the law here that constitutes an impeachable offense, they were running around breaking the rules for secured facilities, bringing pizza and chicken nuggets into this room. When you look at uh, the state of the case right now, do you think you need a quid pro quo? And even if you don't need one, do you think there is one present? Right now, I don't have a, right now what I'm doing is what I think the American people should be doing, which is allowing Congress to do its work in gathering the facts and information. So each day we've had very important witnesses come in. Um, we had the, you know, the acting ambassador um, to right. Ukraine. We've had the, you know, the U.S. ambassador to the EU. Until this information has been gathered, once it's gathered, then the House will begin to make that information public once we determine what is and is not a potential threat to national security to reveal. But you so, don't have a sense uh, of the gravity of the situation at this point? Oh, I came out for impeachment back in June. So look, for me, the Mueller report and the, the evidence... You didn't know you forth, had anybody like Taylor coming back then in June. Correct. So, so as we hear what Mr. Taylor has to say, as we're able to make those that information available to the American public, I think the American public will then get that transparency. Did you hear not, about Taylor having any big holes blown in his story? I did not. Because that's the Republican side of the tales that, man, he got ripped up in there under cross-examination. Well, we will get this information to the American public, but there's procedures and protocols to do so, and they're des it's designed to protect our national security. It isn't the job of every single, wit every single American to be acting as an impeachment investigator. It's mm. the job of the Republicans and the Democrats who sit on that committee to collect this evidence. And what happened today was a violation of that process. I, well, I think one of the difficulties going forward is that, you know, impeachment, and you know this very well, uh, Congresswoman, but for the American people, you know, this was supposed to be a consensus mechanism, uh, that if you're going to go down this road, someone's going to get removed from office. It's going to be because two out of three of the people in the Senate see it the same way. So it's about consensus, and it's hard to see uh, how these two bodies get there at this time. But all of this is supposed to have an eye on how to protect us better in the next election. You were in this hearing today with Facebook. I still don't understand where we are with these guys. They control our information. We all know they use our information, and they know a ton of what we talk about. How many times have people like you and me been on there talking with somebody about something, all of a sudden you get an ad for whatever that subject matter is? And my understanding is in the hearing today, Mr. Zuckerberg was like, nah, I'm not really sure that we're supposed to be in the business of protecting the election. Mr. Zuckerberg was clearly very well coached, but nonetheless, despite his 60 plus lobbyists and all the coaching, he really struggled to answer some of the questions. So he was he was he affirmed that Facebook is committed to privacy, yet couldn't explain then to me why his lawyers are arguing in federal court that mm. Facebook has no duty to protect people's privacy. Yeah, what's that about? Why is he saying one thing if they're fighting for another one? What's the play? He, he was pressed by other people, um, other uh, my colleagues. They asked him things like, you know, 
do you collect information from non-Facebook users? And he acknowledged to some extent that they do. And so he really struggled today. One of the things I think that's really important for people to understand is the normal mechanism when you have a large corporation, how we hold CEOs accountable is through the shareholders. The shareholders make the decision about the governance. 68% of Facebook shareholders said they wanted to remove Mr. Zuckerberg as CEO. But the way he set up this corporation, he controls 10 times the power of the rest of the shareholders. So there is simply no accountability mechanism for him. And we were attempting to provide some of that today in Congress and give both shareholders and Facebook users and the American public generally some of the accountability that they deserve. I mean, look, we've reached a new reality in terms of our culture. Social media is as big a part of ads and everything else as almost television and cable. You know, we have rules about what can be out there and what you have to say about it and what you have to do about tracking the money. I just don't understand how they don't have to be subject to the same at this point. Congresswoman Katie Porter, always appreciate the intelligence. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you. All right. Be well. The president's allies in the House. This is a play, what they did today, running in there. Congresswoman's right. But, you know, they, they don't fight that. They wanted the grandstand. They wanted to show that they don't like what this is. But it's our job to expose what that tactic's about and how they've been moving the goalposts and why. But most importantly, how what they're doing now is completely hypocritical about what they've done in the past. I will lay that out for you in the closing argument next. All right, through all the noise, I hope you just see what's going on. POTUS and his pals keep changing what's lacking in this investigation. First, it was, there's no quid pro quo. You don't need a quid pro quo. This is not a criminal prosecution. It is about, as Lindsey Graham used to say, not about a crime, but a consensus to determine whether your conduct in office was clearly out of bounds. But even if you did have to have one, you do. Actually, you have two quids and two quos, aid and a meeting on the side of what they were going to give the U.S. to Ukraine. And the get was the DNC and Biden. That's what Trump wanted. It's clear. So when that became clear, changed. Well, Ukraine didn't know, so it couldn't have been a pressure campaign. There is ample proof they had problems with the aid delay and asking for interference in a U.S. election for a while. So now that's gone. So now it's, well, none of that proof matters because this process stinks and it's made in high dudgeon, as we see here. The opening statement says very clearly, this is not, this is what okay. Bill, the opening hold, hold, statement uh, let, me, let, let me finish what no, I'm please, saying. Let me no. finish my question. Look, he says very clearly. You should not be relying on it. Why, why you, should not be relying on his public testimony? If you were in a court of law, would you rely just on the opening statement of an attorney? I'm asking about the substance of what he said. He that said doesn't make that, any difference. We don't know whether what he said is true or not because of the sham process that's being used. Facts first, okay? This isn't a prosecution. This isn't even a trial. That may come later. It's not even a hearing. It's a deposition. So this isn't about it being an open thing. It's not an opening statement. It's a sworn statement by a Republican. Republicans are present at this deposition, and they were allowed to question. Nevertheless, the Republicans decided to storm the gates, literally crowding into the skiff. That's a room for confidential matters. And they had phones, clear violation of security rules. But boy, oh boy, you saw me with the congressman tonight. Rules only matter if they work in your favor. And that's why people hate 
this process. Look at them. It's like a men's warehouse sale where everything had to go. Their efforts echoed by the source that this president leans on most. Nothing is uh, transparent. No transcript, no hearing, no nothing, no rights for the president, no rights for Republicans. All right, with all due respect, let's do a steel man on this argument, okay? Not straw man, not weak, at its best. You should want an open uh, process. There should be debate. There should be cross-examination. There should be counter-evidence and witnesses. But not now. That's when you're arguing articles of impeachment. That's not where they are, and they all know it. This is the investigation. No, Congress didn't do it differently in past impeachments because we never had Congress doing the investigation Star, the independent counsel, worked the Clinton case in private. Jaworski, the special prosecutor, ran the jury in the grand jury in Nixon in private. And here, the GOP are in every deposition with equal time to question. And to the extent that the majority works the rules, and they do, who changed them? The GOP changed the rules when they were in the majority to quiet the minority. Remember Benghazi? Most of that took place in private, too. Why? Just ask Trey Gowdy. You don't see the bickering among the members uh, of Congress in private interviews. You don't see any of that. The private ones always produce better results. Where's that now? So what we saw was a stunt. All right. And by the way, that stunt is another reason to keep it private as they investigate. No circus when no cameras. Intel chair Adam Schiff laid out another really good reason to hold the hearings behind closed doors for now. Think about this. It's of paramount importance to ensure that witnesses cannot coordinate their testimony with one another to match their description of events or potentially conceal the truth. And once the investigating is done and there's a case to be presented for articles of impeachment, and there likely will be, the three House committees leading the probe plan to hold public hearings. All of their witnesses have been behind closed doors. Now they will not. Plus, the committee say they'll release transcripts of their depositions, some of which have gone as long as 10 hours. And that process obviously can take time, weeks or longer to complete. So what we saw today and these objections to process is all heat, not light. But beware, they can complain all they like. But when it becomes about saying the White House should not comply and the White House, in fact, does not comply, listen to the ghosts of impeachment's past. 1998, Lindsey Graham. Now we've got the new Coke, Lindsey. But classic Coke warned impeachable includes obstruction. When asked for information, Richard Nixon chose not to comply, and the Congress back in that time said, you're taking impeachment away from us. You're becoming the judge and jury. It is not your job to tell us what we need. It is your job to comply with the things we need to provide oversight over you. The day Richard Nixon failed to answer that subpoena is the day that he was subject to impeachment because he took the power from Congress. Where are you gone, Lindsay? Where are you gone? You used to say you don't need a crime. Now you say you do. You used to say it was okay to investigate in private. Now you say it isn't. You used to say POTUS must comply. Now you don't. It is obvious what you're doing. But also, it is a collective obstruction of what the right says it holds most dear, the Constitution. So my question is this. If the law matters so much, why do you act in ways that respect it so little? That's my argument. Now, tonight we have a good bolo for you. The call 
between President Trump and Ukraine's leader that is not at the center of the impeachment inquiry. That's next. Bolo be on the lookout. Trump's July 25th call with the president of Ukraine was not only not perfect, it wasn't the first call about the same subject. We now know way back in May, Zelensky, the Ukrainian president, expressed concern to his advisors about pressure he felt from the Trump administration and Rudy Giuliani to investigate Burisma, the company that hired Joe Biden's son. Could that pressure have been part of their first phone call that they had together in April? Remember, the White House readout of that initial April call included a reference to working together to root out corruption. Where have we heard that before? The conversation I had was largely congratulatory, was largely corruption, all of the corruption taking place, was largely the fact that we don't want our people, like Vice President Biden and his son, creating to the the corruption already in the Ukraine. Time and again, the only corruption in Ukraine this president seemed to be concerned with centered on 2016, the DNC and the Bidens. President Trump has promised to release the transcript of that first call month later. Still waiting. Be on the lookout for that. Thank you very much for watching tonight. CNN Tonight with D. Lemon, the man starts right now. We all do things our own way, and since the way that each of us sleeps is unique, you need a bed that fits you just the right way. Sleep Number smart beds make your sleep experience as individual as you are, using cutting-edge technology to give you effortless, high-quality sleep every night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $15.99. Save $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.